You may have heard of us, but you might not know Bank First is a community bank that has no fee ATM access, interest, and perks earning checking accounts. With online and mobile banking, mortgages for every stage of life, and modern business banking for businesses, small and big. We keep it all together to put you first. Do you bank with us? You should. Bank First is an equal housing lender and a member of FDIC. Well, welcome to Saturday Coffee. What's Sunday Coffee on a Saturday? That's what it is. After game two, Mississippi State and Ole Miss have split the first two days. Charlie Winfield and I are in different parts of the country. Charlie, where, where are you, in Atlanta? I'm in the northern suburbs of Atlanta. You know, I'm not a Braves fan, uh, but I am a now a Marlins fan this year. And I decided that I just needed to get a weekend away from baseball, get a little break. So I came over to Atlanta to watch some baseball. By myself, I might add. Well, that's a good thing. So I actually did the, somewhat of the same thing. We always talk about on the weekends when we're not broadcasting about getting away from sports and getting away from the game. I'm actually in Indianapolis right now. I came up here. I saw an old women's basketball coach, uh, one of our assistant coaches, Joey Burton. I'll talk a little bit about this later on, but uh, brought uh, brought my daughter up here to, to work out with Joey. He's like a, the shot doctor. He works with a lot of NBA players anyway, but – this is a step one for us. We're actually headed up to the Cubs game later today. So you're going to see the Braves. I'm going to see the Cubs and the Pirates. I've no, already... no, no, no. I'm going to see the Marlins. <laughs> the Braves happen to be playing. <laughs> I talked to uh, I talked to our good friend Chris Young uh, last night or yesterday afternoon, and uh, they uh, they're playing the Pirates this weekend. And of course, I've, I've sent a text out to uh, to Chris Stratton as well, and so. Anyway, trying to turn this into a work trip. You know what I'm saying? I mean, but no, we're going up to, to enjoy a little bit of baseball on our weekend off. Hey, how about the first two days, man? And then, Charlie, we get together, and our thought process is, hey, let's let's go ahead and get together on Saturday this week, and then we're both out of town tomorrow, and then we'll be back in the, uh, in the show on Monday, back in the studios for the show on Monday. Charlie, looking back at the first two games of this series, and it's very similar. So so many times we have Sunday coffee, we get together, we're excited or we're completely aggravated. And then the next day, it's a complete 180. If we did this show yesterday, I'm saying one thing, and doing this show today, we're talking about something completely different because Thursday and Friday's games, a complete 180 for Mississippi State in their approach to plate. Well, I'll even go a step further and say this. If we did this show after the fifth inning yesterday, so basically an inning, a game and a half into this thing, it would have been much different than it turned out. I thought, though, that the big key for Mississippi State yesterday, well, I don't think you can identify a big key. Can you? So many things had to go right after you fall behind. But, man, a lot to talk about here in terms of things that went right for Mississippi State. You mentioned the approach at the plate. I thought, let's talk about that one second. I know we got to dig into the games. I can't tell you, though, how many times I listen to fans now complain about their team's approach at the plate. And I think what I've decided is they're all right. You know, Major League Baseball right now has the lowest batting average that it's I think ever um, I think the batting average right now there's so over 50 guys hitting under 200 the the batting average is like 231 um, 
the game's changing, and I think we're starting to see it just kind of filter all the way down. I mean, am I wrong? I think you're exactly right. And, you know, we, we get frustrated so many times, Charlie, because we're watching our own team play. And this is one of the things I guess we could talk about later on or just go ahead and throw it out there right now is, you know, we, we think about our quote-unquote approach at the plate with a runner at third and less than two outs. And sometimes we get frustrated. We had a situation last night. We had back-to-back strikeouts, both of them looking with a runner at third base, and that was early in that game. And, yeah, you're frustrated there. What did we say coming into the weekend? That Tim Elko, and listen, Tim Elko is a fantastic player. Tim Elko, I've been around Tim a couple times, fantastic person. And this is not a knock at Tim, but it's it's all, almost kind of falls in line with what we've been talking about. And what do we say? He's the type of guy that could hit a home run or he's a guy that could strike out three times. Well, last night it was all the above. He hit the home run early in the game in the first inning. But then in the second inning and then the fourth or fifth, whatever, is somewhere in there, he comes to the plate with a runner at third and one out and he strikes out. He struck out three times in the game last night. So I I think we get just so locked in on us sometimes where we don't look around and look at the macro of what everybody – I think, like you said, Charlie, I think it's just the game is changing completely right now. And along those lines, man, I don't think I've ever seen a series. You saw a 4-2 win for Ole Miss on Thursday. And then last night, you know, the first six runs of the game or whatever was scored were all home runs. I mean, every run that was scoring was based off a home run. And I don't think I've ever seen that many runs in a row to start a series. You know, of course, you had a single before a home run or a walk before a home run. But I'm talking about the runs coming across the plate, not because of a of a bleeder to right field. Everything that was scored or driven in was via a home run. And I think that just kind of tells you where the game's going. Yeah, so look at that. I pulled up the – box for the game on Thursday and go to the scoring tab. Graham homered, Cumbus homered, Dunhurst homered, Clark homered. That's your scoring tab for the ball game on Thursday. Then you go look at the ball game last night. Hancock homered, Bench homered, Gonzalez homered, Elko homered, Chotney homered. And then we backed it down with a ground rule double that drove in a run. So, <laughs> yeah, you're right. It's uh. And there was, look, there were two more homers out there because of Hines and Clark. Um, so, yeah, you kind of identify the, the hitting approach. I thought the other thing we're seeing, I don't know that I fully developed this thought, but it almost feels like yesterday in particular, we saw an old school pitching approach from Mississippi State. You remember how when we were kids, if you were the starting pitcher, Unless you gave up five, six runs in the first, you were out there for a while. And it didn't really matter if you encountered trouble. And and now it seems like so much in baseball, first time a runner makes it to third, oh, we got to go get the guy. We got to get somebody up. I know we had Pico warming a little bit early yesterday, but it almost seemed like we just decided, man, Preston, we love you, buddy, but you're going to be out there a while. It just kind of felt like this old school deal of we're not going to our pen yet. But you kind of get the feeling, too, as thin as our bullpen has gotten with all the injuries and everything, that's a conversation that Scott Foxhall may have said yesterday when he walked out to that mound. You give up three home runs in a row, and then here comes Scott Foxhall. I think one of the things that you probably say in that situation 
very similar to that I say to my 11-year-old son when he's out on the mound and he gives up some some hard-hit balls. You just walk out there and say, all right, listen, you've gotten hit. Just keep on locating, throw strikes, minimize the damage, and just put that behind you. Don't worry about it. And the second thing is, too, like you just said, Charlie, the second part of that conversation may have been, hey, this is like uh, the Cape Cod League, boys. We're going we're gonna to leave you in here for a while. We need an inning eater, and um, we can't afford to go to the bullpen this early. And so I think uh, – and then let me tell you, I go back to you know, talking about Preston Johnson. You look at his numbers yesterday, four runs on nine hits, eight strikeouts and three walks. I thought his bounce back of coming back – you know, he, he gives up the home run in the second inning to make it a four-to-one game. But then, Charlie, it could have gotten out of hand. It really could have gotten out of hand. You talk about Elko with a strikeout, and then he got Kemp Alderman to get out of that inning. He minimized damage after getting hit. And I, I keep on going back, and we've talked about this extensively this year, about having a guy out on the mound that just doesn't seem to be phased at all by adversity. Think about all the big spots that that game could have gone even worse for us early. You know, I'm sometimes guilty of golf analogies. I'll give you one. The difference in the ball game yesterday was that we doubled the first instead of putting up an eight. You know, we, we had a double bogey. We kept it to bogey golf for a while and sorted things out, but we weren't putting snowmen on the scorecard. How about this? I think of this. So you go back in that first inning, even after Ole Miss has the three home runs, they strand the guy on the bases. Chatney has the home run in the second. They got men on second and third, and we get back-to-back strikeouts of Elko and Alderman. I mean, and then you can just keep going through it. I just, man, I love a guy who just grinds one out, and I feel, I feel like we did that. And then you get to the spot in the six where you can hand the ball to Pico, and he wasn't perfect. But he was pretty good. I thought he, I thought he gave you gave you what you needed to kind of bridge you there to the back end. You know, how about the difference in the two days? And when you bring up that word approach again, before we talk about Pico in that first game on Thursday, and then Delucia is able to go the the complete game. You start looking at how he came out in the first inning. He threw what seven pitches or eight pitches in that first inning, and I thought his ability to to keep the pitch count down early in the game is what helped him seventh, eighth, and ninth inning. And we were swinging early, early in the counts. And I know there's a double edged sword to pitching approach. And hitting approach. So many times when you take a pitch down the middle, everybody says, man, what are we doing taking so many good pitches? But then at the end of the day, you know, when you're up there hacking at the first pitch or two, it gives a guy like Delucia an opportunity to to go deep in the game. And what's the deal about Ole Miss? It's the same as us. you got to get in their bullpen. In the game yesterday, we hit, and I think think Richard said it late in the ballgame last night about – Two out or two strike foul balls, and we had had like eighteen two strike foul balls, and man, what that that's eighteen more pitches for a pitcher, and it's it's crazy. And then all of a sudden you get Elliott out of the game early yesterday. They have to go to the bullpen, and hey, I had so many questions when Ole Miss went to the bullpen yesterday, and I'm not trying to be an armchair quarterback you know, for Ole Miss pitching staff, but man, they made some decisions in that game yesterday that. Uh, that were very questionable after we took the lead in the seventh inning. Yeah, real quick before I take that bait, um, 
let me give you one comment going back to your comments about Delusia and how we were swinging early in the account. Sometimes the pitcher dictates your approach. And so let's go through our, our approach, our results in that first ball game, kind of walking through the first few innings and why he somewhat dictated. First inning, strike one, strike one, strike one. All three batters, he throws the first pitch strike. In the second inning, three out of four batters, first pitch strike. In the third inning, all three batters, first pitch strike. Fourth inning, first pitch strike, all three batters. And so, and then look, go to the fifth, four out of five batters, first pitch strike. And so I won't go all the way through the game, but you see what's happening here is you can say, well, we're swinging early. And I thought we were, but a lot of those were called first strikes. And so when you find yourself with a strike on the board, you know, the next one, you got to be swinging. I thought, I thought to some degree, he kind of dictated our approach. Is is that a, a fair analysis? Well, he won the OO count. That's what you can say. He didn't just win the OO count. He dominated the OO count. And so, yeah, you break it down like that, and it was kind of forced. It was forced on you a little bit. We, we only had one guy that had multiple hits, and that was Kellum Clark. He was he had two hits in the game on Thursday, had one big hit in the game last night. Every starter we had last night had a hit. Every single star, Every single guy in the starting lineup last night had a hit. And I thought one of the things that jumped out to me, I know we get the value of home runs. I thought last night, though, we saw the value of some singles. Um, Logan Tanner, for example, just getting on base. He got on base five of, the, five of his six times at the plate. He walks in the first, singles in the third, singles in the fifth. We weren't ever able to push him across. But then in the seventh, he singles and scores, eight, he singles and scores. I thought ultimately we kind of saw the value of some guys just kind of grinding out at bats. That was the one thing yesterday when you look at it for Ole Miss, they send Elliott out there, four innings, he throws 100 pitches. Well, you talk about night and day compared to the day before in terms of what you're doing at the plate. Yeah, it really is. And, of course, before we go any further, we're in the roving Farm Bureau studios this morning on the Saturday morning. Charlie in Atlanta. I'm in Indianapolis. And um, Farm Bureau, go with the home team. Check them out at favorites.com. Farm Bureau agents in all 82 counties across the state of Mississippi. Great customer service, home, life, auto. Whatever you're in the need for, you can find it at your local Farm Bureau office. And, of course, uh, Sunday coffee, this time on Saturday, always brought to you by our friends at Strange Brew Coffee House. Strange Brew on University Drive and on Spring Street and Highway 12 in Starkville. They've got Brew Polo and Tupelo, Cold Stone Creamery as well. And so I'm without uh, my Strange Brew coffee this morning, and so I'm feeling a little off today, Charlie, to be quite honest with you. But uh, we'll be back on Monday. I'll jump in there on Monday morning before heading to the office and get my Strange Brew coffee and Hey, we're talking about Mississippi State and Ole Miss splitting the first two games of this two-game series. You mentioned Pico Khan. You know, Pico coming in the game last night. He walked a couple, struck out three in two innings of work, gave up one hit. But I thought you start thinking about Ole Miss, who had the three-run first, the one-run second, and then Preston Johnson 
goes the next three innings and does not give up a run. But then Pico coming in in the sixth inning and then the seventh inning, putting up zeros on the board, that bridge guy to get you to the backside. Pico actually picks up the win in that game last night. I thought um, you look at his stats, 32 pitches, 20 strikes, field up the zone, and he was really good. I thought so, and I thought it's very interesting, too, to see a guy in Pico, as much as we're caught up in velocity now, Pico's not a guy who's going to light up the radar gun. He throws hard enough. But I think that guy's just kind of developing as a pitcher. And the one thing that guy's got, he's got some moxie, man. He's got some mound presence. I really like seeing him out there. I thought you got a good couple of innings out of him. Now, I I missed, by the way, you you kind of left a a hanging curveball over the plate, and I backed away from it earlier. I got to circle back to something you brought up, and that is Ole Miss's pitching decisions last night. And again, not my job to be their pitching coach. But down three, going to the bullpen, what what were they doing there with Johnson in the game? Well, um, so there you go. Uh, Johnson is their guy, and I mean he is—he's their guy. And he kind of heard it a little bit last night, you know, on the broadcast. They were kind of questioning a little bit. You rarely see a one of your frontline guys come in a ball game when you've got another game to play. Rarely see a guy coming to the game in a deficit, right? And I, I understand a little bit maybe bringing one of your better guys in in a seven-four game and saying, okay, we've hit some home runs. If we can get a quick inning here out of my guy, he throws 13, 14 pitches, and then maybe we get a run or two here, then we take him out and maybe he can pitch again the next day. And they talked about that a little bit on the broadcast. But, man, why don't you throw Johnson out there, who is your guy, down 7-4, to four, and then you don't score the next inning, okay? Then you don't score the next at bat, and then you run him right back out there. I mean, it was almost like we're going to roll the dice and we're going to roll the dice and we're going all in on this decision. And I thought it was mind-boggling. The only thing I could decide is one of two things. Because bringing him back, it may be an option. If it is, we haven't seen it. I I think it's certainly not. After throwing over 40 pitches yesterday, maybe they decided he's not their guy. You know, against Southern Miss, those two-thirds of an inning allows three runs. Alabama put up four earned runs on him. South Carolina, three. Maybe they just decided he isn't their guy. Or, alternatively, maybe what you're seeing is a manager managing scared with a little bit of panic there. Um, but I don't understand. I go back to you. I don't understand leaving him out there. The shortest bounce back he has had all season long has been four days. So, now you start to think about this ball game today, where where's our pitching staff? Where's their pitching staff? You get the feeling that maybe Cade Smith's going to be in that same spot of, hey, man, you're going to be out there a while. Uh, call us in the eighth. We'll come get you. Because right now, I mean, it feels like that you and I are kind of tracking towards pitching on Tuesday. Yeah, that's the thing. you got to turn right back around and play uh, on Tuesday as well. You look at Ole Miss as well. We, they've got Derek Diamond going today. We have Cade Smith. And I think it's so imperative today to to get that pitch count, drive that pitch count up 
because Ole Miss doesn't have a whole lot left in the bullpen. Now Nichols was good last night in the last two innings. I mean he was I thought he was good in the in the eighth and the ninth when he came in and had to close the door down in the eighth. Hey, I want to bring up another point, Charlie. And not just to, you know, throw gas on the fire at just the indecision of what they were trying to do last night with their pitching. Brad Cummins doubled in that game last night. Was that the eighth inning? Yeah, it was the eighth inning. Brad doubled in the left center field. I'm just absolutely stroked the ball in the left center field. And it was on a 2-2 pitch. And I sent you a text when this happened. They threw a 2-2 fastball right down the pipe, right? First of all, when you we got you got guys making a million dollars a year now as a coach, right? You've got uh, assistant coaches making well, well over six figures, well over six figures. You have scouting departments. You have every GA that's watching every single game is played. You've charted out everything to make yourself better, evidently, from a recruiting standpoint to in-game decisions. And then you got Brad Cumbus coming to the plate. I'm not picking on Brad right here, but I love Brad to death. But what's been his kryptonite? It's been breaking ball down and away with two strikes. He just has not been able to hold off on that pitch. That's one, okay? One is you throw a fastball on 2-2 to Brad Cumbus. But two, you don't throw that sucker about six inches off the plate. And I would say, well, he just missed his spot. No, Dunhurst was set up there. I mean, you threw a fastball, you were trying to catch the outside corner, and it leaked back over the middle, and he doubled. I look at that one pitch sequence right there and say, if I'm an Ole Miss fan, what in the world are you doing throwing a fastball to Cumbus on 2-2? I don't get it. I, I just don't get it. That's a, I just can't get beat on that pitch in that spot to that hit. I just can't. And I don't know that I'd throw him a fastball that entire at bat. And but if I did, I go back to what you said. It'd either been three feet high or six inches outside. But I'm not giving him a chance to beat me on that pitch. I, I boy, I don't get it. I I, I just didn't get that one at all. Hey, we talk about Preston Johnson yesterday. Charlie, you know, he, he gave up the big home run in the first inning the other day. And I know some, you know, people, you, you get down, the, the error is magnified all the time when you give up a home run after an error. R.J. Yeager has been good for you at second base this year. That ball had a lot of top spin to it. I'm not taking it for R.J., but that's a type of that's a type of ground ball that happens. Every now and then that's going to happen. And it rode up his arm a little bit. And then you give up the home run. I thought other than that home run, Brandon Smith – on Thursday night, the way he spun breaking balls. I thought Preston Johnson spinning breaking balls yesterday. You can see the mode of attack against this Ole Miss team is to try to keep them off balance with off speed. I thought Brandon Smith, even in the loss the other night, was really good as your starter. Look, for the most part, you you look at our pitching the first two games, save for the back end yesterday where things got a little tense in my vehicle as I was driving over here. Um, how can you complain about the pitching effort we've had? Um, because even the guys who weren't good, who weren't at their best, I, I suppose I should re-say, um, they didn't get you beat. Your pitching didn't get you beat here in either ball game. Not at all. Okay, let's look at our two players that uh, we talked about the other day in our Tracks Plus Deep Dig. Tracks Plus, of course, with four locations, three in the state of Mississippi, Hickory, Mississippi, Columbus, Startwell, Summit in Alexandria, Louisiana. You've got uh, Daniel Bounds and Fred Fulton over in Columbus. 
King Crosby down at Hickory, Gresh Howell down at Summit, then uh, Hoop Weems in Alexandria, Louisiana. And we talked about it on our Tracks Plus Deep Dig. We're talking about those Saney excavators. They also rent now. I talked to Chad Tillman just the other day. If you're looking for an excavator for a weekend or something like that, excavators with Saney. We look at Barco equipment for the Foresters. And then Massey Ferguson tractors and implements at three of the four locations, all except for the Starkville Columbus. But we said the other day, I said Joseph Gonzalez, the shortstop, and he went over in the game on Thursday, went over three in that game, struck out once, and he walked once. And then yesterday he went two for three with a couple of RBIs, hit a home run, and walked twice. I thought Gonzalez yesterday was kind of what they've been looking for. But, hey, i tell you what he did, though. He hit into a big double play. I mean, I know. It was the only time he got out in the game. But that big double play was massive for State. No, it absolutely was. But I think what you saw, I think both those guys are kind of what we thought they were, right? I mean, you nailed Elko. You said he could. I mean, I've never seen a more apt scouting report than the one you gave on your guy Elko. Um, he could hit home runs or strike out three times, and that's what he did. Uh, Gonzalez, two for three. He's a nice player. Um, Ole Miss, look, their offensive lineup is, is one you've got to take seriously in my opinion, only because they just have the ability to run it out. We saw Gonzalez, Elko, the two and three spots in that three straight yesterday. Um, on the ball game, though, back on Thursday, neither one kill you. Um, yesterday, they didn't kill you, except we'd have been saying they did had we not come back. Yeah. Hey, uh, so now today, uh, we're going to go out with Kate Smith, and this is a – to win two out of three on the road. Okay, what you've done is you've won at least one on the road, which you had to do. You can't get swept on the road. A win today would be very good. And, Charlie, I'm looking at today's game. I think today is a complete wild card. I don't know who's got the advantage. I don't know who's got the better bullpen. <laughs> today's one of those days when you get to the ballpark, you literally don't know what's about to happen. Well, I'll say it. I think we have the advantage. Now, whether we take advantage of it and, and use it, I don't know. I like Cade Smith out there, and there's a lot of question marks in my mind about Derek Diamond. I said that coming into the season. I still believe it. Last time out, you look at Diamond at South Carolina, goes five innings, gives up four earned runs. Alabama goes four, gives up two. I mean, the guy's gotten hit in SEC play. Now, he hasn't been murdered. But he's been hit. He's given up runs in every outing. He has not had a shutdown appearance since four innings against Oral Roberts over a month ago, month and a half ago. So every single team he has faced in SEC play has put at least two earned runs on the board against him. And he has only once made it into the sixth inning. And so from my perspective, if you can – get into their bullpen. You know that's a weakness. What do we have left? We've got Fristo that can come back. you got Cade Smith. Cam Puller hasn't thrown. Uh, I don't know where else you go. Um, who am I missing? Well, I mean, then you're getting into Mikey Tepper world and a few other guys. And so um, hopefully Cade Smith can go six for you today. Charlie, hey, let's abbreviate this thing. You've got a busy day ahead of you in Atlanta. And uh, so I'm about to strike a trail to Chicago. You know what my goal for today is? is just to keep a pulse. 
That is my only goal. I intend to do nothing except stare at a baseball field, maybe eat some $15 popcorn, and and do nothing. So I'm, I'm kind of excited about that. And meanwhile, I'll be watching State and Ole Miss on my phone. Absolutely. You know, some days, you know, some weeks you have, I'm just trying to get to Sunday. I'm just trying to get to next week. If you got a lot of craziness, kind of where we're all right now in, in baseball season, when you we have games and then podcasts and things, you're just trying to get to the next week. Today is just survive in advance. Today is you getting survive to the next in advance. The next hour, we're just trying to get to the next hour, and so my goal right now is to get to noon. That's that's my goal. Hey, enjoyed it as always, and uh, we'll be back on Monday for our Monday show to talk about all three games of this series and kind of set the table for you for next week. States on the road all next week as well. Tuesday in Pearl and then at Missouri next weekend. And so, uh, Charlie, enjoyed it as always. Thanks to our great sponsors and Farm Bureau. Go with the home team at Farm Bureau. Tracks Plus, Tracks Plus with four locations, three in the state of Mississippi. And then Strange Brew Coffee House. Strange Brew are good friends, Shane Reed and all the guys. I saw some of that Strange Brew Coffee at uh, Woody's and Noxipator the other day. Go online at strangebrewcoffeehouse.com. They'll ship it to you. That's what I do. I actually get the, get the pod shipped to me. I, I get a lot of stuff shipped to me. And so they can send it wherever you need it at strangebrewcoffeehouse.com. And then our good friends at Bank First. Go to bankfirstfs.com for any of your lending needs. And so for Charlie Winfield, I'm Bart Gregory. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us here on a special edition of Saturday Coffee. <laughs>